Hello, everyone. Hello. There is NLP Radio on the air again. And today in our studio, we are having Alexander Gerasimov, our usual speaker, and me, Olga Sarkisova. I'm a linguist and a philologist. Let me first of all introduce you our guest, Alexander. Alexander is a famous Russian NLP trainer, NLP practitioner, NLP master, a famous negotiator in Russia, and the geography of seminars and trainings led by Alexander is 22 countries and 70 cities. Wow, Alexander, that's impressive. Thank you. Today, the topic we will discuss is called calibration. Uh, calibration is something really hard to feel, to identify. We will discuss it from every side. First of all, Alexander, could you give a definition? What is calibration in NLP? Calibration in the NLP language is the ability to see the difference. It is some kind of the power of observation, not the ability to notice a sport like Sherlock Holmes and to interpret it, but exactly the ability to see, to hear, to feel the differences. The human mind likes similarities, but it learns on differences. When we start seeing, hearing and feeling a little bit more than it just seems to be, we become better and stronger and we get more experience. By my reckoning, calibration is one of the most critical skills that you always can develop. I think it is a skill which makes you a superhuman. I believe so. Mm -hmm. uh, would you say, can everyone achieve this skill, acquire this ability? Uh, to, to to use this calibration in life. Is it accessible to anyone or to specific individual people? I think yes. Subject to a certain training process, nearly everyone can develop this skill. Even if a person with a vision or hearing impairment can develop and improve this skill during special exercises and training. Plus, our nature provides for sensory compensation. For example, a hearing impairment person eventually begins to see better. Or, for example, a visually impaired person who cannot see well is able to recognize the tiniest difference during a phone conversation. Sensory compensation means that when one of our sensory receptors doesn't work properly, we will upgrade another sensory receptor. Okay, so uh, which means that anyone can acquire the skill of calibration. Right? Sooner or later, but everyone can yes. acquire it, can gain it. Okay. Uh, do I understand correctly that when we discuss calibration and ability to be observant, observation ability, to be watchful, to identify the smallest details, do we talk of experts? Is it relevant to experts in some sphere or to, to anyone again? Well, well, calibrating skills will improve when your visual receptor is very busy. For example, an artist or a designer or a person who is dealing with images, any images, the more such 
person becomes professionally skilled and experienced in a certain field, the more he or she begins to see what an ordinary person even doesn't notice. All those 50 shades of gray, leaning, color, gradation, gradient details and such, um, while well, practicing, which can also be considered some sort of training, a professional training, an artist, eventually becomes an expert. The ability not necessarily to see details, but to define size, color, distance, maybe the tiniest motions, all these can be trained. The specificity is that it is suggested that all this should be trained separately. The ability to define color gradients should be trained separately. When we look at some color and name it, for example, it's blue or it's red. For an expert, those are not just blue or red, those colors have some special names, and the expert is right in his way, because he considers two adjacent red shades, which we believe to be just slightly different, absolutely different, and a combination of another color with this shade won't go, from his point of view. Okay. Uh, what do you say that uh, ability to to use this calibration in different spheres it's some kind of maybe extra ability of a person kind of extrasensoric ability or it is not by my reckoning extrasensory perception is just a very well developed calibration skill it is developed due to some natural causes when a person has a very good eyesight or hearing it may be developed due to his or her studying. For example, a music school graduate is able to easily define a certain note, which for me as an ordinary human is absolutely impossible. I have tied it for several times. If I play the piano, I can find out where Do, Re and Mi are and remember, but in a five minute I have to make a fresh start but visually I can see all the tiniest details very good. I have rather good eyesight and color gradients are pretty recognizable to me. So through training a person can develop extrasensory, extrasensible skills. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, much more interesting to discuss will be calibrations of emotions but maybe we'll get to that a little bit later first of all i still would like to get more to theoretical part to structure and to ask you maybe what does it depend on the quality of your calibration the distinctness the exactness of calibrating something in any sphere in any field what does it depend on First, it depends on a person's attitude towards what he or she is calibrating. It surely has effect. Oddly enough, but any emotional expression adversely affects calibration. For example, when you look at something you hate or love very much, it will be more difficult to you to calibrate it, because emotions really influence. Yeah, we say love is blind. Love is blind. Yeah. It's exactly to this. 
Это первое. Well, second, the human perceptual apparatus. For example, a person got tired or had some food or slept well. Being in a select state, he or she will be calibrating differently. A tired person naturally calibrates works. Then, for example, a person who has slept well, glad, satisfied, without any distracting factors. Calibration depends on this parameter, too. The third parameter having effect on calibration is motivation. If it is really critical to a person to calibrate something, he or she will do it. Motivation plays a role. If in a certain situation a person understands that if he doesn't notice how something occurs, something awful will happen. He will miss an opportunity. Concentration caused by motivation encourages performing better calibration. Keeping focus. Okay. It is also worth pointing out what you should pay attention to. There is an NLP terms, sensory equity. It's not some abstract. For example, some people, while looking at somebody, can say that she has kind eyes, or, for example, he is happy, but it's not a description, it's not calibration. A measurable description could be considered as calibration. For example, the word kind can have certain connotations, explanations, meanings. Someone believes those to be kind eyes, while another one considers them to be tired eyes. The objective in this situation is exactly to describe something in detail, very definitely. Like a question from an once popular advertisement, how many grams should it weigh? It should be a description in terms of centimeters, of motions, of color, for it could be literally measured and handed over without any distortion. If a description is not sensory, it includes certain filters of a person. So, these three, nearly four prerequisites, prior conditions required for we could properly calibrate another person or an object or something else. Mm -hmm. uh, let me sum up. I'd like to summarize what you said. It's very interesting to follow you, but I'm sure that the focus of attention of our listeners get, get misled somewhere. So I have missed one, for instance. You have said four, but I have only... I have only fixed three. So emotions only do harm, only do bad. So preferably non-emotional, staying non-emotional. Second, what kind of motivation you've got. The third is it must be measurable in centimeters. What's number four? What's number four again? No emotions, having motivation to be able to measure it. What's number four? Number four. It should be very acute, sensory. Okay, to have sensoric feeling. Mm -hmm. And sensoric, as Alexander has said, is not a evaluative vocabulary, like beautiful, uh, wonderful, but it's something which we could measure. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of exercises 
a lot of examples we may do to improve the skill of calibration. Would you maybe come up with one or two possible exercises to try ourselves in calibration? Nowadays, in our electronically and technically advanced world, we can quite easily train almost any skills and abilities. For example, not only memory, attentiveness, logic, but Calibration as well. There are some applications that you can use to develop, for example, your color perception. I like I Love Hue application very much. It allows you to improve your color gradient perception. You have a, for example, 10x20 colors matrix, a red to blue gradient color scheme, then all segments are replaced and mixed and mixed and your task is to restore this matrix and get back a smooth color gradient. And for example, when you have free time, it takes on, on average about three to five minutes per matrix. You can develop a very good color gradient calibration. If you don't have a device or an application, you can practice with a partner. For example, when you are in public transport, there is a person sitting in front of you. Both of you look at, watch that person without appearing to do so, and then ask each other question to figure out what details each of you have noticed. For example, how many buttons or whether or not that person has a watch, how many rings, the ability to pay attention to details that there are everywhere around us is also a good ability. Sometimes, for example, when I see a certain person, for example, standing in a queue on public transport, taxi, you watch and start noticing those details. There is a French proverb, God and the devil are in the details. You start seeing those details and sometimes you get somewhat disappointed with the world. On the one hand, the world is great with its diversity, but there are some inaccuracies which are unnoticeable at first sight. These are visual parameters. Yeah, let me repeat for our audience, I love you. I love you application on your phone. I have tried it once, so download and write in the commenters later how it was. Did, did you like it? It's a cool one. Aha, so those were visual. Audio maybe? Others? Auditory refers to music education. As I said, this exceptional ability is unreachable to me yet. Ability to hear, for example, notes, like in solfeggio, when you train your ear to distinguish notes. It is some kind of a basis for your perception. But if we are talking about some application in practice, for example, we can study the ability to recognize whether or not a person is lying, because basically it is quite noticeable 
when an untrained person is lying. We can hear it in his or her speech if we get trained in it. For example, in communication, you can do an exercise with another person or two or even more people. At first, you ask a person to say three to five phrases which are true which are really about that person. For example, I live on the fifth floor, I have a car, a Mercedes Benz. It's true. Three to five phrases which are really true. Then you ask a person to say three to five phrases which are definitely false. For example, my name is Peter, I live in St. Petersburg and I am 32. You are telling not truth. Mm -hmm. After people have heard and recognized the difference between the first and the second series of phrases, they can distinguish. When that person delivers any information, and we don't know whether it is true or false. In this situation, it is important to distinguish what a person is saying not by logic, but by what you have heard, because using logic you may try to guess. Although you don't know, you haven't seen. You should pay attention not to logic, but to what you have heard, because there are differences, differences in terms of loudness, differences in terms of speech rate, differences in terms of pitch level, differences in terms of, for example, some other fine-scale characteristics, for when a person is lying, he or she may speak in a lower voice, in a lower voice at the end, or start coughing or touching, for example, some parts of his or her face, as it happens when you try to say something in a lower voice for Someone else couldn't hear it. And so on. The goal is to develop this skill so that you could use it in real-world practice, not just to be able to hear a sequence of sounds or to define certain color, but to use it in real life. For I should remind you the third, the second prerequisite of a proper calibration is your motivation. You will begin to see more and to hear more and begin and being at seemingly the same situations in the habitual world. You'll understand that the world is much bigger than that it seemed to be at first sight. Mm -hmm. I think a hunter in the forest hears very well when he needs to hear sounds of wild animals, like bears or whatever, and he hears the grass, the leaves of trees, and he can maybe identify, is there a snake crawling or whatever? Here is the skill we can apply to life, isn't it? Right? A hunter or a zoologist or whatever. Not only a musician. Mm -hmm. It may be kinesthetic calibration, calibration through touching. I think the simplest example is when you put several coins into your pocket and try to recognize that exactly coins those are, you can rather accurately figure out with your fingertips. 
It may be olfactory and gustatory calibration when you can define the sort of wine, red or white, sweet or dry, by order and task. And after completing a sommelier course, you will be able to define what kind of wine is this, the grape variety on which slope and of what mount it grew. I remember I once did a special exercise when you buy the Isabella grape and Isabella wine, and then you take a little sip of Isabella wine and then eat an Isabella grape and you feel how wine turns into grape. And vice versa, when you eat a grape and then drink some wine and feel the wine, it's dense taste. And this calibration of the tiniest differences. You can team up with somebody else and buy three to five types of chocolate, types of wine or of some other product and ask. At first we are testing the correctness, the same as with telling the truth or lie, and then we try to distinguish. We taste the first chocolate bar, a little bit of it, the second, the third, the fourth, and then we are given a piece of some of those chocolate bars, and our task is to define what type of chocolate it was, number one, two, three, or four, and gradually we are training, 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 expanding our range of perception and making the world more sensible and interesting. Yeah, Alexander, I remember once in one of your interviews you said that you are able to touch the coin uh, and say which side of the coin it is. You said that. <laughs> I can do it. I can demonstrate it even right now. I have a five-ruble coin in my hand. I can toss it. Alexander is holding a coin in his hands right now at the moment, so I am a witness, I am watching it. And I can distinguish heads and tails with my eyes closed. closed. For example, this is the head side and this is the tail side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Everyone can feel it. I can't. I definitely can't do it. But I will try, you know. You take a 5 or 2 ruble coin and using only your fingertips. This is eagle, isn't it? Here is eagle. Eagle? Yes, right. <laughs> I think it was just a coincidence. I am not good at that, really. But okay, how long time did it take you to achieve this skill, to be able to feel it? Um, I have rather well-trained fingertip sensitivity. I don't know why, historically, maybe because I hadn't very good auditory sensitivity, my visual and kinesthetic sensitivities developed better. Mm -hmm. I remember that 20 years ago I was reading Perfume by Patrick Susskind 
before the name the namesake movie was made i thought it was it was great to distinguish many things by smell and i was developing my olfactory perception skills not necessarily using perfume it could be food other flavors including wine or tea i was training and eventually i built some kind of a habit before i eat food i should smell it when i enter a room I primarily feel it through its smells. Of course, the olfactory and gustatory sensitivity of a person who has had COVID-19 are much lower, but everything could recover. Training and practice will bring everything back, because nervous tissue will recover when trained. The simplest example of emergence of nervous tissue where it didn't exist those who usually have their phone in their jeans pocket can feel when their phone is vibrating by their right or left thigh. Earlier it was difficult, but now it's easily, because it's basically, you develop your sensitivity this way. Subject to proper training, you will be able to easily develop any of your perception channels. Okay. I think the more channels of perception we have developed, the more aware a personality we are and the higher quality our life is. So the more channels of perception, the better. It's a very worthy thing. It's very cool what Alexander has said now. Uh, for instance, mine is audio. Audio is my best developed channel of perception second maybe kinesthetics i don't know so yeah i realize that kinesthetic refers to not only touching but to vestibular system as well those who are dealing with their body for example dancers mountain climbing or rope walking can develop kinesthetic awareness improve the vestibular system or for example we have other channels of perception which are not awakened as yet for example we can accurately define where north south west and east are it is a built-in ability it's not clear how it works maybe it's an atavism that remained from birds which indeed have a special part of their brain which can distinguish where north south west and east are they can feel it they feel the magnetic field of the earth i believe it works the same way in humans and subject to a proper training i should remind you once again that you should have motivation what you need it for we can also fill time we can develop this skill and people working in conditions when minutes matter for example some countdown they feel a minute without looking at their watch it is also time perception a standalone perception which also can be developed the question is what for okay so what we are moving towards is emotions feeling emotions the question i've got is i think it was rather easy to observe and to identify which emotion the person is having on his face right now 
uh, but today in 2021 when every second person has got a botox on his uh, chin or whatever forehead how is it possible to identify the emotion on the face what would you say to that we can define emotions not only by facial expressions. However, if a person has buttocks or some other deformations or improvements, we can anyway define his or her emotions. But we have to be a little bit more sensible. We can define emotions by voice. For example, I think you can easily define whether a person you have a phone conversation with is angry or joyful. Every emotion can be displayed not only through facial expressions, but through breathing, voice intonations, or even gestures and body motions. You can define emotions not only by facial expressions, but if you watch a person very well, attentively, you will be able to define emotions even when that person is wearing a mask, a sanitary mask, and you can see only his or her eyes. I've seen an advertisement saying that a mask doesn't prevent you from seeing other person's emotions. Something like that. It features faces of men, women and children expressing certain emotions while wearing a mask and having put it off. Yes, indeed. It is very easy to define emotions only by eyes, only when we see the ice zone, but don't see the nasolible triangle or anything else. Which you said is very important in one of our last podcasts. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the, the last point I'd like to touch upon, speaking of calibration today, is how we hear other people, how how attentive we are to speech of other people. And here I'd like to remember of predicates again. Lastly, you mentioned predicates, and you said that the more often we listen to another person, the better we understand his values. So here again, which words the person uses which predicates he uses in his speech, it tells us a lot, doesn't it? So how can we use our calibration here in listening to another person? Yes, we can hear and distinguish not only loudness and speech rate, but pay attention to what people highlight using words, putting certain emphasis, rising or lowering their pitch level, or pronouncing certain words more distinctly. You can notice that in a person's speech, you can hear it, you cannot but pay attention to it. I'd even recommend that you should exercise collaboration, such a strange recommendation. You should drill aspects separate, separately. Take a video interview of an ordinary person, not an actor, not a policeman. Disable sound and just watch his or her face, facial expressions, gestures, and try to define what he or she feels, what that person wanted to say, what he or she is talking about. After that, you can listen to the interview, just listen to it. Paying attention only to sounds uttered by that person, to the words that he highlights, to moments where he takes a pause, 
why he began to speak in a lower voice at some moment, or louder, where he stopped calling, controlling his speech and began to get involved into a conversation. It's also important. It is what you should develop permanently and always. And you should develop your smell and taste perception skills. This will expand your so-called perceptual map. Yeah, I think what you mentioned about uh, calibration of words is very useful for negotiators. At negotiations, this is exactly what is useful and what we need to train. So today we have spoken of so much, so much of importance, audio, visual, kinesthetics, verbal, feeling, sense, perfumes, lots of things, how to train it. So dear listeners, dear audience, uh, please put down below in the commentaries, what are you very observant at? What are you good at? Where are you an expert? It will be very interesting. What are you able to identify? What differences? Let's share it down below in the commentaries. And uh, thank you a lot to Alexander today again. Thank you, Alexander. Thank you, Olger. Thank you, listeners. You are welcome to like and to repost this video. We'll meet again during the next podcast. Goodbye. Hear you next time. Bye.